einer neuen Folge von The Canadian Wants to Know. Ein Podcast für Englischlernende in Deutschland, der kraftvolle Geschichten und anregende Fragen nutzt, damit ihr auf unterhaltsame Weise eure Sprachkenntnisse verbessern, vertiefen und festigen könnt. Hier ist euer Host, The Canadian George Robledo. Welcome to my podcast, Mr. Bush. For the, for the listeners, I have to give a little disclaimer. I've known Samson for a long time. We're brothers. So I'm very, very excited that he accepted my invitation to come on the podcast. And uh, we're going to talk about an important topic to me, which is discomfort. And the reason I wanted to talk to Sam is because he's got a really incredible story. And uh, I'll, I'll just let him take it from here. So Samson, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, George. It's such a pleasure to be here and be part of this amazing podcast that you're doing. And I've enjoyed the episodes and I hope everyone listening can also have a good time. Uh, my name is Samson. Um, and the Bible is known as the guy with muscles, but unfortunately I don't have those. <laughs> but I am uh, very thankful to be from a part of the world where not many people know about. It's called the Bay Islands and it's found to the north of Honduras, it's in the Caribbean, and it's sometimes referred to as the best kept secret in the Caribbean because not many people know about it. It's you can barely find it in the map, but yeah, I grew up as an island guy and been. I've had the opportunity to to be able to travel the world and and uh, place myself in in situations that might be a bit uncomfortable but nevertheless it's it's uh it's a joy to to be here and be able to have this conversation with you yeah because I, i now that i think about it i know that you were also in the philippines and my last episode was with a filipino so i'm oh okay. i hope that you'll get the chance to listen to that episode but today we want to talk about your adventure in tunisia can you tell me like How does an island boy from Central America end up in Tunisia? Uh, that's, that's such a good question because, well, to start with, in every place that I've lived in, I've never been away from the ocean, at least about maybe an hour and a half away. And fortunately, Tunisia has a lot of beautiful places. And so this wasn't the... It, it, it wasn't the exception, but uh, I was, as you mentioned, I was in the Philippines and I was taking out a master's degree there and I was studying and I was also traveling and I was involved in a few humanitarian projects and uh, I, I start to search for opportunities to, to do this in other places of the world. And a good friend of mine told me about a project in Tunisia and Eventually, I, I was able to get there. I was accepted uh, to work in a nonprofit organization. And I've had the opportunity to live there for two years in Tunisia. Can you tell me about that flight? Like, what did you feel? Were you nervous? Were you anxious? Were you excited? What was that like? Like taking that flight to Tunisia, landing there, what were your initial impressions? 
Well, I would say that even just before I got onto the flight, my my internal battle was on that day when I would buy the ticket to get there. And there, there were just so many thoughts in my head about, you know, what if this place turns out to be as dangerous as it, as the media seems to put it? Mm. What if something happens to me? Or what if I'm taking the wrong choice? What if I, I, I don't have enough savings? What if, you know, something happens with the job? And this was kind of like a struggle before buying mm. the ticket. And I remember I even like the, the the stress was just so much before buying the ticket that I've I, I fell asleep like around 10 a.m. because of the stress. Right. And, you know, I just after that, I, I said, you know what, I need to challenge myself. I need to be in a situation that is different. And. It so happens that when I'm in a situation that 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 is new, I learn that after that it wasn't as bad as I thought, and so I, I was still hesitant. And I, but I bought the ticket nevertheless. And once I got on the airplane, then I think it was less less of a mental torment because I kind of wrestled with my thoughts before that. But going there was, there was this sense of anticipation and, and, and maybe a little bit of fear, but there was an excitement to it. And what did you know about Tunisia before you actually got there? Like, what did you know about the culture, the people? Did you have an idea of what were your, you were, what you were getting yourself into? I, I did have a general idea, and this is thanks to football. Uh, growing up, I, I watched a lot of football, and I still do. And it's because of that that I started to have an interest in culture because of geography. I learned where these different teams played from a young age. And so I just had this, this love for geography and learning about ge- geography. Then I, I started to learn about differences in cultures. And so I did have an idea of Tunisia because of football. But, you know, prior to that, I also decided to just investigate and learn a little bit more about Tunisia. And it there, there were so many things that caught my attention, such as the history and, and the richness mm-hmm. of the culture there. And so I had to make the choice. And, and so that's what I did. I went to Tunisia. What were some of your, maybe like your surprises or shocks when you first got there? Well, one of the things that really caught my attention was the difference in, in the way people live, which mm-hmm. is opposed to, it's quite different from the way people would live on on this side of the world. So here it's, you know, people have their yards, they have their houses. And each time it seems that the, the front yard gets smaller, the backyard gets bigger because we, we become more individualistic. Mm. And Tunisia has this sense of community. 
and people don't necessarily live in homes, um, houses, but they live in apartment buildings. And it's very rare, actually, to see someone who has an actual house. Mm. So people have this sense of community. They, they want to live close as they can with each other. And the bonds that they have with each other are very, very much in line with community. So that what we could probably say is like one of the positive things, like, wow, a very strong emphasis on community. So I can, especially because I know you're Latino, I'm also Latino. So we understand that also from our, the, the culture is that family is very important. Community is important. But what are some things that challenged you when you got there? One of the things that was so interesting when I started to, to, to get immersed and just start to absorb the culture itself, uh, I would say the language barrier would have, mm. would have to be something very, it, it was, it was quite a challenge because there's something about language that has a power over us. And, and more than that, I would say even the accents, mm. um, in which people, would say something, you could interpret that as something depending on how that person says that. So for people like, like you and like me that, you know, we've, we know Latino culture and we grew up in it. We've been in situations where people might say, well, why are your parents or why are your, why, why is your family so loud or why are they fighting? <laughs> and you would respond, well, they're just talking. Yeah, it's just talking. It's normal. <laughs> and, exactly. And so this was actually my experience in Tunisia. I thought, by the way they talked, they were being aggressive and they just wanted to fight. And mm. I was quite even intimidated by that. But as time went by, I realized that this is just the way that they speak. And I was interpreting that based on on my worldview as opposed to theirs. Mm. Very, very interesting huh? how we in make interpretations of other people based on our own expectations of how we think people should communicate or based on how what we are accustomed to or what is normal for us. But if you go into a different context, things will be different. Um, what are... So that was probably like the biggest challenge. Same for me, like coming to Germany, the language was definitely the biggest mountain to overcome. As soon as I got to the other side, things became much easier for me here. And there were moments where like I wanted to quit and I said, I will never learn German. This is impossible. Um, and like, did you have those moments where like, man, I'm never going to understand or be able to communicate with these people? Did you have something similar? Oh, that, that's, that's interesting. So the thing about Tunisia is that they have, they have essentially two languages, right? Which is Tunisian Arabic mm -hmm. and there's French because of, of them being colonized by, by, by France. And so I went initially with what would be easiest for me, which is French, 
which I felt was kind of like a combination between English and Spanish in some ways, but just with a different pronunciation. And I, I, I was able to learn and I was able to communicate, but there, the heart of it wasn't there. Like I, as I start to love the people more and, and, and kind of feel that I was somehow becoming more of a Tunisian, right? Rather than just a, just a foreigner there. But as someone who started to appreciate the people, appreciate the culture, appreciate the way they thought and, 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 and the richness of, of their culture, I, I started to try and learn to, to, to speak in Arabic and this opened up ways for me to be able to be more intimate, to be closer, mm. to be able to connect with others in a deeper way than, than for me to expect for them to try to speak my language, you know? Yeah, no, language is powerful. Language has the power to unite. Um, I saw it like of course Germans can they can speak English a lot of them can can speak English quite well but as soon as I was able to learn German and communicate to people in their language it was just like a different experience for me the way people interacted with me the way they treated me the way they opened up to me it's just wow. really really different um with regards to the people right so you you mentioned a little bit about the culture they're very much focus on community. You also had some challenges there with the language. How about uh, the religion, right? So we can just be direct about it. I, I think it's a Muslim country, isn't it? It is, yeah. How was that for you to to live? Because I know that you come from Central America, which is a Christian, Christian environment. What was that like for you to be in a place with a different religion, a different worldview? At first, I was, I was, I, I didn't know what to think of it, but this was because of what I had seen on the media, mm. and I was, I quickly came to the to the realization that, you know, not everything that is placed on the news or on, you know, pop culture, does, you know, that doesn't capture the essence of, of who people are or, or even in what they believe. And so when I was, when I first got there, I, I was a little bit scared, especially in moments where they, so they have prayer calls, which happen five times a day. And so it's, it's quite melodic. And when they make these prayers and I would f initially feel afraid because it reminded me of movies that I've seen of terrorism or anything like that. But this was just, you know, unfortunately, the way that I had learned to perceive them. But once I got there and I started to understand, wow, no, they, they just have a different way of praying than I do. And... I just found it so fascinating, fascinating to learn that what I might, 
you know, what I thought originally that would be maybe some sort of a barrier turned out to be something that helped me even understand prayer from different perspectives. So for me, it would be, you know, try not to ask too much, you know, try to have it more conversational. And there's nothing wrong with that. But in in this culture, in, in Tunisia, it's like you, the prayers that you make and the prayers that you make in specifically in petition, asking for something, these are the most powerful prayers. And these are something that God welcomes. And I think it was interesting to know that despite them being Muslims and me being a Christian, there was something that connected us, which was our humanness. And I was was quick to learn that, you know, sometimes we have certain ways of thinking, beliefs, and even ideologies that we place above people. So we see them as more valuable than people are. And and likewise, a person, another person can, can see that in the same way. And so when we encounter each other, if we have a disagreement, then it's so easy to be disrespectful to that person because I'm putting my ideas and my ideologies before this person. But if I can say, all right, I'm talking to you, you're valuable and you're more important than my ideas, then it even if we disagree, we can still be respectful towards each other because we value humans before, you know, ideas or, or, or certain ways of thinking. Man, that's very, very powerful. And, and I agree 100%. Uh, sometimes we connect our identity to the ideas that we believe. Mm. And if someone... Uh, challenges our ideas, we feel like the person is attacking me, the individual, my my self-worth. But sometimes it's important to kind of like separate myself from the ideas and say, hey, you know what, let's have the conversation. But I, I am not my right. ideas. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm just speaking here with you. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to grow. Um, but yeah, it's a difficult process. And, and what was it like? Tell me about the relationships that you developed with the people there, the things that you were able to wrestle with in conversation with people who had a worldview that was very different to yours. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, you know, there were times that people felt that I was maybe a a person who, who was not being tolerable towards the way they thought. And I, I would disagree with that, but then I started to realize that they were right. I was, I was not being open, not I mean, not necessarily to the way they thought, but to them as people. Because to listen, as you, at least, right, to, to listen. listen and accept that this is a human experience, whether I agree with it or not, they are having a human experience, and it's wow. a valid experience, right. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. And, I, you know, that's when I came to realize that, yeah, you don't necessarily have to agree on everything. It's just for you to to be there. And, and my 
perception of what I thought they would be like completely changed to the point where sometimes they taught me lessons that that I I thought that you know I thought I had it all together and then they would just say something or 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 teach me something that I would be like wait you know what you're right and so it was a very humbling experience that I think if I had not taken the risk to step out into a an, an, an unknown territory, I would not be able to, to grow as a person, but also I would not be able to, to, you know, just be more humble and be yeah. more willing to connect with people. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like you have to get over the initial discomfort of people challenging you or, or whatever it is. And then once you can make it to that other side, you, whoa, there's so much to learn here. There's so much beauty here. There's so many lessons that I never really thought about. Like it, it's, and I'm speaking from my own experience. Those first, my first two years in Germany were really, really hard. I, I was very unhappy. Uh, but at some point I just realized, okay, this is going to be my home. I have to make an effort to connect. And as soon as I was able to kind of get over that initial feelings of discomfort, of, of incompetence, right? Because a lot of times I'm like, man, I, I can't communicate with people. People think I'm stupid. But as soon as I got to the other side, I'm like, whoa, there's so many things that Germans can teach me. And like my life is so much better because I was able to deal with that discomfort, embrace it, and, and push through. Um, so I, I imagine that you had something similar as well in Tunisia is, okay, yeah, this, this doesn't feel good, but over time, then you realize, whoa, there's, there's a lot here. There's a lot of value here in having these conversations with people um, and allowing myself to feel this, uh, yeah, discomfort. I don't know if there's a better word than that. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Did you make friends? Tell me about some of your friends. I had the opportunity to make many friends, not because I would say I'm, I'm, I'm an expert at making friends or anything like that, but because Tunisians are just super friendly. They're just mm. such amazing people. And I would say that 99% of my friends are all people who can speak at least at a minimum three languages mm. which is very amazing very remarkable and i was able to make friends who who were who who didn't also speak english or who who weren't able to speak french as much so they were they they would just speak arabic and initially i was a bit hesitant to to try to to engage with them because I just felt like it would be awkward. I felt like, uh, you know, we're gonna have to just try to text our way through the conversation through Google Translate mm-hmm. and things like that. But it turns out that it was one of my greatest blessings because I was able to not just learn a bit more how to speak their language or dialect i was able to embrace in a deeper way 
the way they understood the world, the way they 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 even saw me as a person. And it was that it it was that moment that changed everything for me, right? At first I was like, no, I don't I don't I don't feel comfortable with this. But eventually I was like, wow, I actually learned a lot. And I've learned a lot without having to go to class to learn Arabic. It was just through friendships. So that's 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 the most remarkable thing about it. So what is your message for the person out there who is afraid to step out of their comfort zone? What, what, what would you tell this person? Well, there's a certain safety that... Or an illusion, I would say, of safety that, that comes with, with staying in your comfort zone. And of course, we, we might feel afraid to step out into something where it's uncertain, where it's unknown, it's unfamiliar. But once we decide to go beyond that, we grow and we're able to enjoy life in a way that is so much better than the way that that we had or expected it to be uh i would have to say that you know each person that that has the desire to say okay i want to step out i want to to do this i think it's necessary because everyone needs to be challenged. Everyone needs a challenge. I think that even for us, like for us to fully live, for us to fully grow and, and, and even to, to, to be humble, I would say it's important. It's, it's so important for us to embrace the challenges that we have because there's so much better on the other side of that discomfort. Where can we find you? Because I know you have a YouTube channel of your travels and you're an incredible videographer. So can you tell us about your channel and where we can find it? Oh, thank you very much. Uh, it's, you can find me on YouTube as Samson Bush uh, or on Instagram with the same, the same name. I haven't been so active this year because of the pandemic, but uh, yeah, I, I do have a few projects uh, in mind. And so mainly it would be YouTube or also on Instagram. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, to, uh, for sharing your story and, and your adventures. And I hope that you can continue to have adventures and journeys around this world and that you can come back in the future and tell us all about it. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. That was my conversation with Samson. Make sure you follow him on YouTube and Instagram. He's like a little brother to me, so it was nice to reconnect because we have not seen each other in about 10 years. It's like they say, time flies. I'm interested to get your answers to the following question. How difficult is it for you to go outside of your comfort zone? If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and share it with your friends. If you want to support the podcast, consider leaving a tip. 
that will help me to keep producing these episodes for you. That's it for this episode. Also, bis nächstes Mal. Bye.